Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. It's perfect. All right, here we go. We are farmers. Bum, ba-dum, bum, 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 bum. <laughs> All right, there it is. Hey, we are recording again. It's been so <laughs> long. How, how do, do we do, do this? How, how do, you, do we do this? I don't understand. You're listening to the Face Bay Network. <laughs> <laughs> We invite people of all backgrounds to share their stories, their nuanced conversations, and forward thinking, and not taking ourselves too seriously. Everyone's story matters. Every voice is important. Life is polarizing, but not everything is black and white. Come join us as we fade to gray. Bow, bow, bow. Man, those are some, some old voices there. Ah. But it's old been a, indeed. It's been a while, yeah. guys. Welcome back. Welcome back. Sorry um, to all of our uh, faithful listeners out there. We've taken a little break. Um, we're going to uh, try to explain ourselves here, but um, sorry that it was just like a quick like pump breaks. We're putting out episodes, and all of a sudden, I think it's been like two months or so that we have not been recording. Dropped off with the Faith face of the earth. <laughs> I think that's about right. Yeah, two months. So, um, so we got some explaining to do. I guess we needed to explain ourselves a little bit. And so, um, I, uh, I think uh, I can can't speak for all of us, but I can speak for myself. Um, I went through last few months have been great. Needed a break. Um, again, I apologize. We didn't do like some sort of like official like. I actually hate when podcasts do that and like we're gonna take a sabbatical or we're gonna take a break. We're back and it's like. But at the same time, like, I also hate when podcasts just stop putting out episodes. So, I don't know. Make up your mind, damn it. Right? <laughs> but, um, well, that's kind of, so, you know, if you've been listening to Fade to Gray for a while, been following us, you know, like, majority, I'd say 90% of our conversations are around faith and deconstruction. Um, a lot of really smart authors faith and destruction um, other you know podcasters and stuff have been on we've had had a lot of uh great conversations uh but i got to the point recently where i was just like i don't know how many of the same conversations i can have with different people um you know around around faith um not that it's not important but we have like what 120 episodes out there and i think at least 100 of them are with some some great people some great stories that you know and um i still think it's important that they're out there and that it's being had but i think everybody goes through different seasons of life and i think 
um, we all kind of hit the, the same season at the same time. Like, I mean, maybe Chris was a little earlier on it. He was like, probably like for a while now, he's been like, I, I just don't know if I care to talk about faith, but it, it's been something that was still important for at least myself. I can't speak for Elizabeth to talk about for a while. And, and honestly, like um, a lot of the, the guests we were getting, like it made sense to just keep going. Um, but life is busy, you know, four kids, you know, a couple jobs, like excuses, excuses. Right. But it's like um, the, it wasn't the same, like the passion wasn't quite there. The conviction to have the conversation wasn't quite there. And I realized it's because it wasn't a bad thing. It was just because I got to the point in my faith or life where I was okay with not knowing I'm okay with where I'm at you know I don't need to feel justified or I don't feel like I need to attack a church that I'm not really a part of anymore there for a while it was like you know these are my people what's going on this is crazy we need to speak out against all this and uh anymore it's just kind of like I don't know that it's even my place because I've been removed from church for so long. And so um, I'm just going to, uh, we're still going to get people's stories. Um, this episode today, as we mold into, we mold into, uh, we have uh, a, a special guest, Dax. Um, he's here now. I can shout out and say, what up Dax? Hey everybody. <laughs> Um, but, but yeah, so, uh, we're still going to be putting out episodes, I think bi-weekly from now on. And, uh, it's going to basically be me, Chris, Elizabeth, uh, talking current events you know, talking about, you know, what's going on in our life, things like that. And then, uh, adding an episode on afterwards. Um, it's uh, a little bit, a little bit different format, but it's, um, it's still going to be a lot of the same content and, um, we're going to be focusing on movies that molded me. Uh, our other podcast like, hell yeah uh, quite quite a bit more and so um if you want more content you can find us over there but anyway that's all i have to say of my rant of how i'm doing my exp my explanation for our hiatus but i love you guys and um and we're gonna keep doing this but yeah how are you uh let's, babe <laughs> elizabeth Oh, oh, I'm doing. Oh, oh, Elizabeth. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I had to clarify that. I was like, wait, wait a minute. I, 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 they both re, re, are going to respond if I say babe. So. Yeah, we will. We will. Elizabeth, um, how are you doing? How have you been? Well, I mean, uh, busy as well, seeing as the same four kids that you have are the same four kids that I have. Um, going through just myself, getting too. That's been interesting. Um, I don't know. Uh, a lot of uh, signs pointing to pre-menopause, which has been great fun. Uh, so <laughs> I'm trying to figure that out. Uh, lots of doctor's appointments and various things there and trying to deal with my own emotions through all of that. So that's been a roller coaster in addition to trying to finish up school with the kids this last year, which I was really nervous about, but ended up doing all right and making plans for next year. And uh as far as schooling with the kids. And um, I was working really hard for a couple of months trying to get an extra hour so that I could buy a computer, a new computer, guys, not a used one. Um, and uh, then, <laughs> then the monies went to fixing our car and paying some unexpected bills. So back at square one, I got really depressed about it. I'm like, F this, I'm done trying. So 
haven't been working quite as hard, so I'm ready to podcast. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say you, uh, you know, you have your own podcast for in tow. How long has it been since you've done an episode of that? Like seven months. It's ridiculous. I have, yeah. I have one, I actually have two recorded. I had one recorded in January that I completely lost because of my computer issues. And I've recorded two yeah. since then, which are in the Google drive. I just don't have anything to edit them on. And I keep using that as an excuse, which is really all it is. Cause I could ask Omar if I could use his computer when he's at work, but I haven't and just don't <laughs> and choose not to. Yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah, I'm not sure what I'm going to do with my podcast right now either. Um, I've been reading a lot of books that seems to be, keeping me sane um, as much as it keeps the rest of my family insane. Um, <laughs> and so I'm wondering if I change tactics a little bit and stop talking homeschooling and start talking books. Cause I've been really enjoying that on all my socials um, and doing it in my free time or making time all the time <laughs> to do it. So <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry to hear about the, uh, the health issues. I know for a woman, that's gotta be a, a very trying time. Um, you know, as a guy, I'm over here thinking, man, I'd want to go to, through menopause really quickly so I could just, you know, not have a period. But I, I imagine that means something completely different to you. And I imagine that's, you know, pretty tough. It does. It's not like puberty where like you have a set time period, right? Like most kids go through puberty between the ages of, ten, well, girls between 10 and 15. And it only lasts like a year when you're going through all your changes. Um, for menopause, it's completely different. I mean, I'm hearing some people telling me they go through the process of menopause. It takes them 15 years. I'm like, Ooh. I don't even want to think about that. Um, <laughs> that's just way too long for me. I wish it were like puberty. We're like, okay, we're, it's a two-year process and now we're done. Um, but apparently it takes much longer. So, yay. Mm. Oh, I do want to say one good thing. Though. I mean, there's been many good things about the break that we took in, in those last few months and revamping, uh, you know, basically refocusing what we really want to do. And I want to say, Elizabeth, like as busy or as down as like you say that you are sometimes on yourself, I think you've been great. And like, you know, holding it all together, like you said, like you were worried how the kids uh, development was going and, you know, they, they did, you know, you know, all did great and fine. And like, you know, like they were tested. The, so we know. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so like in most areas, they like were far above where they need to be. So, um, wait, here, you know, wait, I, hang I on, hang on. To, I just want to brag on you for a second. I'm going to keep going. You. So don't, don't okay. interrupt me quite yet. And, okay, and sorry. we, and we, we also have had, uh, just more time on our hands, you know, lately. And so we've been able to hang out and uh, with folks on movies that mold me, we've been watching a lot of movies and stuff and having like date night sort of things. And so um, I just think that I uh, think that you're great. And uh, as far as um, like all the other stuff, like, yeah, anyway, I just wanted to brag on you just for a second. Now you can now you can keep Thanks, going. babe. I love you, too. So so, Chris, I want you to guess there was one subject that my kids failed utterly at. <laughs> Like well below their grade level. Guess what the See, one just, subject uh, just had was. to go there, huh? <laughs> I, I have I an did. idea. Was it history? <laughs> no, uh, -uh. No. no, they're fine there. Oh, math. Nope. Spanish. We didn't test that's, in that's Spanish. Not, that's not, that's not <laughs> I was going to say so. that, that would definitely be uh, weird if you did. But those are but, three uh, guesses, so I think you should just tell them. Babe. So <laughs> yeah, it's tell me spelling. <laughs> spelling ah gotcha <laughs> we have yeah between my uh 
inability to spell and Omar's inability to spell, we've produced kids who are unable to spell. <laughs> well, the good news is, is that they're going to have spell check their entire That's life. That's what my you know, teacher friends told didn't. me. They're like, yeah, don't worry about that. Spell check's a thing. <laughs> That's funny. That's cool. Yeah. Well, uh, I guess I should uh, talk a little bit about, you know, my process of not uh, being on the, you know, fade to gray for a minute. And I guess, you know, it all stems back from just kind of, I don't know where you and Elizabeth are as far as where your faith is at, but for me personally, you know, I, I just, I'm to a point where I just don't really need to process it anymore. I suppose like my religious trauma, I feel like has been taken care of as far as me being able to, uh, hash it out over two and a half years with you all, uh, you know, going to counseling for it. Uh, and so having these conversations to me, like, although I think they're very important and I'm, you know, I'm very glad to, to continue doing that every now and again, it doesn't really mean much to me now, as far as like my own recovery from, uh, from religious trauma. And so, uh, I think that's a good thing. And, that doesn't mean that, like I said, I want to quit fade to gray or, or quit doing these episodes or anything. I think right. it just means, uh, you know, possibly opening it up to other things and, you know, that we want to talk about. Um, and I, I don't, I don't want to be one of those guys who leaves the church and is jaded and wants to just like always attack the church. Um, I don't want to, I don't know, elevate the devil and I don't want to put the saints in chains as it were, I, I just want to, you know, do my own thing. So that's kind of uh, where I'm at. And so that's, uh, it's been a nice break. It really has. It's been good for me to kind of focus on uh, things in my life and also uh, get ready to kick your asses at movies that molded me. So <laughs> you say well, you're that, trying, however. you're trying with some rule, rules changes and, you know, bringing in some old best buddies. Um, I don't know if it was really rule changes, but okay. <laughs> no, whatever helps get you the competitive advantage man anyway anyway speaking speaking of old friends and uh, adding people to you know the movies of moldemy side of things um our co-host our our new co-host uh dax and chris's longtime friend is on our podcast today to kind of tell his story and how it all kind of melds together or molds together or all the synchronicities of how um how this just makes sense moving forward. So Dax, you, you said hi earlier, but um, really uh, I'm gonna beat Chris to the punch here. You know, what we do here at Fade to Gray is we really wanna get people's stories. So, um, and we wanna make you cry. So <laughs> I don't think you can. <laughs> He's not another so, robot, is he? We already have one of those. <laughs> so, so, so tell us all of your religious trauma and go. <laughs> wow uh well uh you know i don't don't know uh quite where to start on that one uh at the beginning or the end i'm not sure (laughs) what's the best uh place to jump straight into trauma so i guess Uh, i guess i should say like dax and i did not go to the same church okay but we were in or school for that matter but we were in you know adjacent towns and and we knew people uh, and that's kind of how we met was probably through our connections with the church, but maybe talk about 
you know, how you got involved in the church in the first place. Well, well with, with connection with trauma, I want to know how you met Chris, because obviously that's traumatic <laughs> for all of us. And we'll start there for sure. And then we'll just move, move away through the church into why you, why you decided <laughs> to come back for just, just more, you know, punishment in the future. So. <laughs> it, it is funny because Omar continues to uh, to give me and Chris grief about uh, being these great old friends and uh, did, did not actually hang out one on one until we were probably 20. Yeah. And then uh, and then hung out subsequently, probably four times since then. <laughs> uh, and so, you know, best old friends is not quite the way I would describe us. Uh um, that hurts, respect, tax. <laughs> I know. Well, I meant it too. So, um, mutual respect acquaintances. We were very much the same kind of guy in our own individual groups, you know. And so that's really how our connection uh, is. Is the, you know, we were the ones that thought that we had so better you're, music you're taste short than too, all then? of our friends. Is, is that what you're saying? You're the same type of guy. So you're like, you know, when st- st- in stature. Yes, uh, shortness is a personality trait. So, uh, <laughs> well, well what, what would you mean then by like same oh, like, sort of guy? If, if if isn't like isn't in stature, what would you mean? Dax is very tall, by the way. Um, so the uh, same kind of guy, meaning that we had a very similar temperament. Temperament, uh, as I was saying before, I was rudely cut off. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> We, we, we thought we had good music taste. We were interested in, in music and a lot of the similar interests as far as pop culture goes, but not um, we were not the overly serious people. We, were, we were, didn't take ourselves overly serious, even though we took religion incredibly serious, which is probably a good way to kind of give you a little bit of my story is that mm-hmm. the way I found religion uh, was kind of an odd way i you know went to church uh and i live in texas and uh so you know southern baptist is a real thing it's a it's a the biggest cult we've ever had um yeah (laughs) and they're actively recruiting and so um yeah we went to southern baptist church growing up uh i didn't love it i didn't have friends there it wasn't my like my school friends church um and so uh you know, it just wasn't my thing, but I went to, you know, Bible studies and I went to, uh, you know, uh, Bible camp in the summer and things like that. Uh, Awana's but what Club? really happened was, I don't know what that is. So oh. I guess the answer is no. Sorry. I thought that was a Baptist thing. <laughs> I know what that is. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, and so I, uh, I, uh, eventually moved from, uh, the town I was born to a town in Oklahoma and um, in Oklahoma I met a couple friends they were not people that became my lifelong friends but they were you know nice and fun uh, I got invited to what's uh, pretty famously known as the power team um, I'm sure everyone's had some experience with some version of that. There's been a couple different versions of it and names, but the power team is essentially the muscly guys that rip phone books in half and break handcuffs <laughs> apart and baseball bats and, uh, and then tell you about Jesus at the end, uh, which I didn't know. I had actually seen the power team as a kid, but didn't remember the, the, the Lord 
being a part of it. I just remember it's strong guys. <laughs> and so I was, I was all excited. I was like, I've seen these guys before. They may remember me, you know, whatever. <laughs> and uh, so we go and then everyone starts walking to the back room to uh, accept Jesus, to fill out a little survey card. Uh, and I followed suit. And uh, honestly, at that point in my life, I was really looking for community, and that was where I found it. Um, funnily enough, found it in punk rock right after that, but uh, started with church, <laughs> and uh, I became one of the biggest advocates for uh, church and religion in my town, uh, started an outreach group in my high school, which is not the best, uh, social status move when you're a new freshman. <laughs> um, I, you know, within the first month of being at school, if you have a, we had a, a half court basketball shot, if you shot the, if you got, if your number got picked, you shot a basketball from half court, uh, made the shot, you got a 50, like $50 cash. And then we told you about Jesus. Well, he made the shot. Uh, we didn't have the $50. I don't oh, know that no. he ever got it, honestly. I don't, I don't know that he ever got it. One of the uh, local Christian bookstores was supposed to uh, cover us on that. And I don't, I cannot honestly say that that ever felt like went all the way through, which I feel terrible about because that was not great. And I had people accept Jesus into their heart based on the basketball shot. So <laughs> I, I, was it good or bad? I don't know. <laughs> We did a we did a bunch of stuff. We had like a subway sandwich um, after school one day. We threw a concert, which uh, Chris actually played the concert uh, in his band at the time. Nice. Um, we had a, a bunch of different things, uh, but I was kind of the central leader, member, organizer of that. So and Chris was also... playing at a at a subway. I just want to you know, stop what? there. I don't want to. I don't want to rudely interrupt you again. But you said you were you were doing like a a, a, a subway outreach thing and chris was playing his band was playing there so, um we had the, an outreach group and we had a lot of different events one of them was we had a subway sandwich after school for anyone that was hungry before they went home they could come to a room hear about jesus and eat some sandwich but like a 12 foot sub from subway i don't remember this at all well you didn't go to school with me i know but you said i was there playing i don't remember playing nope. at an event like that there was another day where oh. I threw a concert. These <laughs> okay. are separate events. Oh, gotcha. okay, okay. I, I, I combined them in this story. <laughs> yeah, I was making a list of the things that we did. There was a comma okay. there. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. Uh, there was a whole, a whole I never period. read that subway. Yeah. I, I could just picture Chris like playing for Subway or something. I was like, so cool. <laughs> I, I, I'll, I'll just get paid in sandwiches. He'd probably still do that today. Um, I mean, that's a good deal. Um, so we, we were doing that. Uh, my church was the big church in town, uh, one of two, uh, and had a televised service. And I spoke uh, at church a couple times. So uh, technically, I'm a, I'm a televangelist. Um, <laughs> kind of a big deal. That's an interesting and, one for your profile. Uh, did all the uh, did all the church camps and leadership camps and led Bible studies on my own and created Bible studies and did all kinds of things. And how old were uh, you when you're doing all of this when you were on TV it's all, and, and being it's all high school periods. So like so 16, I, I, 17. Went, I, I found I, I found Jesus when I was 
13 in sixth grade and then uh, became really active, but wasn't a quote unquote like leader in the church until 15. So 15 to 17, give or take, was when I was the most active. Uh, by 18, I started having a lot of doubts. Um, I was dealing with mental health issues on my own, and they did not help the uh you have questions about your religion, the thing that's supposed to give you foundation. Uh, and so around that time, I started asking a lot of questions. Um, I started finding a lot of hypocrisy in the church, not necessarily in the, no. uh, the work, it not necessarily in the word of God so much as the people that were involved. And I had a really hard time with that. I did not want to be a uh, hypocritical man. I didn't want that to be my legacy where uh, there were people doing terrible things and ha had a great reputation just because they went to church. And so I completely quit uh, church everything. My senior year, I dropped out of high school. Uh, I did everything I could to minimize my uh, mental strain on my life. And uh, one of those things was church. And when I did quit, I became a significantly happier person, felt a lot less guilt, a lot less stress, a lot less of a lot of things. Uh, and then, you know, went through most of my life actively, uh, follow, uh, follow the, uh, not necessarily teachings because it's not really a teaching sort of scenario, but, um, sometimes we'll claim to be a member of the satanic temple, which is, uh, interesting, a more or less organization than it is a religion. I think that they did get, uh, a religion distinction this last year, uh, or the year before. But uh, yeah, I don't believe in Satan, <laughs> but I also don't believe in God. I believe in science and logic and treating people, uh, treating people right. And uh, and so do they. And so uh, that's kind of where I'm at now. That is really interesting. Um, I think for me, hearing your story, like I, I was a little blown away that I guess I shouldn't be surprised you're in Texas at a mega church that's got you know they're on tv and so they're putting like 15 year olds on stage i'm just thinking how how horrible of an idea that is like to begin with like like what that would <laughs> what that would do to like anybody's psyche you know feeling that amount of like makes power there's like there's a, there's a feel of you know like you know you're you know there's a feel of power there and it's like how does like like someone your age take that and but then it was interesting how you saw the whole behind the scenes quicker than say maybe myself or chris as we've told our story you know we were uh, you know a lot older as and when we were still you know in you know deep into christianity or deep into uh, evangelicalism and it, it but it is like learning how things work behind the scenes that seems to make most of people's deconstructions happen faster. Um, seems like the, the people that sit in the pews and, you know, are not taking it quite as seriously, not like, you know, on stage, they, 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 they seem to not have to wrestle with the same things um, as, as often. And so like, it's interesting how it just, how quickly that happened for you, like your whole, the whole like rise and fall of Christianity. And now it, now it's all hell Satan. That's, that's crazy. 
it, it is it is an interesting uh an interesting endeavor to consider the path that i took and that i was so uh so and i wouldn't even say indoctrinated but i was just so bought in from day one um i do believe that i uh i was doing you know it's compensating for something i was missing and for me that was emotional connection um i have what's called borderline personality disorder which is also confused with a uh, bipolar disorder um but essentially it's uh an inefficient ability to connect with emotions sympathy and empathy as well um and so when you're not connecting to yourself and to your natural emotions you create uh at least the illusion not just for other people but for yourself of connection and so to be incredibly faithful to be uh, essentially outreaching trying to create faith in other people that was the illusion dax is a caring guy he loves people he's you know he's this he's that whatever people would put on me if i created that scenario for them to easily be able to say you know what a good guy then i didn't have to manifest any actual real feelings about anyone or anything uh people were already doing it for me and so that's really what was happening uh you know with 20 years of hindsight <laughs> behind me <laughs> now i know that's what was happening um but for a long time i just thought uh god is real i'll go to college i'll become a youth minister i will live my life and i'll be happy and have kids and a wife and all that stuff and uh and honestly, if it wasn't for uh, for a couple people that, who probably don't even know that they affected me the way that they did, uh, I would still probably be doing that. So but I want to talk to about those people. But before we do, I want to ask about your family. How did your family feel about you getting involved in church? It sounds like you weren't a church kid until you were in sixth grade. So they would have had some kind of feelings about it, I would imagine. My mom was uh, my primary parent, so she was happy that I was going. Um, she always really wanted me to be a good kid, even if I had a little bit of rebellion, which essentially was, you know, dyeing my hair and listening to punk rock music. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I called my dad from church camp on a payphone collect uh, and told him he was going to hell when I was 15. <laughs> wow. <laughs> And was and cr cried on the phone to him for hours. Um, I'm sure it was very expensive for him. Now that I think about it as well, but uh, yeah, I, I I told him he was going to hell and uh, that I wasn't okay with it. And I didn't talk to him for about two years after that because uh, we didn't reach a resolution. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, they were they were supportive and they always have been in all of my life, but. Uh, neither one of them are were bought in the same way that I was, mm -hmm. but they were just happy that I was making that choice over drugs and whatever, you know? Sure. So talk about the people that helped you. Uh, you were mentioning them like come out of the religiousness and set you down the path you're on now. Um, so I, I made a couple new friends when I started exploring the idea of maybe leaving the church um, and one of them told me that the, uh, uh, football player in our town who was very well respected had been, um, being emotionally, physically abusive to her, um, whether that 
be defined the way I, I can't speak to it because I was not there. She described it very similar to what someone would describe as him raping her for years and years and years. And he was one of those people in town that everyone said, I wish you could be more like him. I wish my kids were that good Would they were the football player, Christian, you know, AP student, whatever, whatever the list may look like for his accomplishments. And I just remember thinking like, I used to call that person my friend. And now this person that's actually really kind to me and is actively calling me and wanting to be friends in my life has been traumatized by this person that the town sees as someone to be heralded. And, uh, and that was, that was really tough because she indirectly thought I was probably friends with him because we went to church together and we're in the same grade and classes together. And, you know, we weren't directly friends out outside of school, but had been, and there was no reason that we uh, wouldn't be classified together because a lot of our accomplishments or uh, weekly paths crossed, you know, we're in church together. We're in Sunday school. We're in Bible studies together why why would someone not assume we're friends or friendly at least and mm-hmm. i just didn't want to to be guilty by association for anything that i wasn't doing and i know that people don't assume that uh you're doing everything your friends are doing but i had a really tough time with that um it really it really hurt hurt my uh my idea of what life was supposed to look like um what people get away with in life um and then it opened my eyes to a lot of things that I just hadn't been aware of before that. Um, no, I knew that bad things happened, but when you know who they're happening to directly, it really changes things. You know, it's not just an abstract idea. It's a person now. And that, that was something I really, uh, you know, for someone that wasn't feeling empathy, I, it really hit me hard, you know? And so, uh, that was a big one. And then, um, uh, I started going to therapy and I went to a couple like Christian counselors, saw some pastors. I saw actual psychiatrist that was a Christian man. Um, and then what the person that really helped me the most was a gay Freudian sex therapist. And he and I had l- real conversations about things that weren't slanted by anyone's agenda. And that that really opened my eyes to a lot of things where uh, part of the conversation I had was like, what if I say the word, damn, what's going to happen? And he was like, it will come out of your mouth and people will hear it. Like, that's, <laughs> right. that's all that will happen. Yeah. And, and that was, that was a big, like, holy cow. Like, I guess, uh, I don't know. I guess this is, you know, the consequences are not as dire as, uh, as are being described to me every, every weekend or every Wednesday night or, Tuesday morning or Thursday evening and all the times I was going to church. Uh, and so that changed, that changed my perspective a lot because I realized that I didn't have to feel so guilty about listening to a band that says a word, you know, like I, I had a real, uh, a real guilt moment. I think Chris had that as well. We've talked about this about you have to purge your CDs or yeah. secular things and all of that. And when you kind of get past that and realize like, Oh, these are music. These aren't even my thoughts. They're someone else's thoughts and their art. And, you know, like, why am I going to make myself feel bad about um, appreciating 
art. Like no one is throwing away, you know, Van Gogh paintings because he was not a great guy, <laughs> you know, like <laughs> what, what, are, what are, what are we doing here? And so, uh, yeah, it was just one of those things that, uh, I started thinking for myself and making my own decisions as opposed to, um, predetermining how I felt on something based on a book or dogma, you know, mm-hmm. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C., how long do you think it took once you actually stopped going to church for you to kind of come out of it and feel safe to kind of explore this different you? So the year after I quit going to church, I was very unhappy still. Um, I had a, I had a little uh, euphoria period where everything felt great and I had a girlfriend and I moved out of my house and was going to concerts and work was going well and, you know, everything was great. And then uh, at 19, I got in a really bad car accident and uh, I broke my back and both of my feet. My intestines were cut open through my seatbelt, through my skin. I was in the hospital for three months, rehab for a year. Um, It was a big traumatic event and everyone kept showing up and saying, oh my gosh, you know, you were saved. God saved you. And like, what a, what a blessing. And like, obviously has a purpose for you. And I really remember feeling like I my seatbelt saved me and the f- fine people at the Honda Motor Company saved me. <laughs> and um, the fact that I hit the tree at the right angle as far as physics is concerned is what saved me. And I don't know, it didn't really have that sort of religion epiphany near death experience. I kind of had the opposite. So it was probably it was probably around that period getting out of the hospital and actually dealing with what was going to come next in life was the moment that I was like, oh yeah, if I was ever going to go back to church, it was probably right now. And I'm not. So like, I think I'm out. I think that was the moment of, of clarity. Man. uh, Well, as someone who got to see your vehicle uh, afterwards and got to see all you guys in the hospital, because there were three other people in your car. uh, I can just say that's right. Four other people in your car. I can just say that, you know, it's, it's not a miracle because uh, I don't believe in that, but like you guys were lucky. You guys were so lucky to have survived that. Did all of I you mean, survive? Each. Um, yes, I was the worst off. I had the most like severe injuries. Thankfully it was me driving my car and the worst off. And so nobody, nobody went to court. Um, one guy broke his back everyone had internal injuries. Um, three people had to have surgery for that. And one girl broke her wrist. That was it. And we were going 120 plus and hit a tree. 
And like literally the, the ambulance driver had breakfast with one of my best friends that next morning. They just happened to be planning to go to breakfast. And he didn't even know that I was in town visiting because I, I wasn't going to be able to see him that trip. And so I didn't let, you know, you don't let everyone know I am in town, but I'm not going to see you, <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> so, uh, so I just kind of didn't say anything. I was planning on leaving the next day. And, uh, and he had breakfast and he was like, his ambulance driver friend was like, oh boy, I had a really bad accident last night. I'm going to have nightmares over it. He was like, really? What happened? He's like, how's this uh, black Honda out on this road over here? And, uh, and my friend was like, black Honda? What did the driver look like? And it was a tall, lanky guy, you know, whatever. And he was like, whoa, okay, tell me more about this. And at some point he kind of realized it was me and called my mom and was like, is Dax okay? And she was like, we're at the hospital. <laughs> he was like, oh my goodness. So the ambulance driver was telling him like, this is the worst accident I've ever seen in my entire life. There was exhaust everywhere. There were kids everywhere, broken glass. Uh, I legit had a friend, uh, the windows broke out on the side. It was two-door Honda and he couldn't quite pull people out of the windows. So what he did in an adrenaline fit, he actually grabbed the window frame and bent it down to open open it more so the window frames were actually bent not in quite at 90 degrees but they were bent down to give us more space to get out wow uh he pulled me and my friend in the passenger seat out on both sides he pulled both window panes down uh and then everyone else was jumping out the uh back window of my car because the car was filling up with exhaust because the exhaust pipe flew off and was just flowing into the car so yeah really i mean it was a I, I don't remember any of it. Honestly, I don't remember anything five hours before and then 18 hours after. Wow. Uh, and so the, my first memory is uh, I was in the hospital. I was in ICU in my little small town. Uh, I remember looking up and seeing a bunch of people around me. I knew that I was hurt. I knew it was bad. I didn't know what had happened exactly, though. Uh, and with eyes barely opened, I looked around and said, uh, is my face still beautiful? <laughs> <laughs> and uh the girl the girl i was dating at the time was at my bedside and she said of course like of course your face is so beautiful and she's comforting me and i heard from in the hallway someone said still <laughs> and uh that's my that's my first memory of uh of anything so wow yeah it was, re- it was very crazy i deal with it every day i'm in pain forever I've had 18 surgeries total in almost uh, uh, 19 years. So, yeah, that's my uh, my car wreck part of the story. It's funny because we we had talked about how much to talk about this uh, as far as religion goes, and it, it kind of doesn't affect the religion part at all, which is yeah. odd. It is my story, but it, it isn't, a, like I said, it wasn't a coming back to the church, and it wasn't a pushing myself further away either it was just kind of i i don't know that it was a result of leaving the church but it definitely wasn't uh it wasn't the redemption story that you might assume it would be it would make a great movie i mean we really i should turn that into a movie it'd probably sell but except uh, you have to go back to jesus at the end <laughs> well you could sell the, that to the christians and like oh my yeah. god <laughs> yeah the, the main character does it doesn't have to be me it's almost like a modern day Jonah story, you know, with the, the whole well and trying to, like, you know, 
running from your past and you know, yeah. the particle sun thing, but, but yeah, you have to, you have to end up re- giving your life to Jesus. So, and you have to, and for it to be a Christian movie, you have to make sure you have the right catchphrases apparently too. Anyway, that's part two. <laughs> um, yeah. my, I've already, I've already thought about it. My, my, the catchphrase will be, I'll be back. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I think that was used. I'm not sure, but, uh, <laughs> well, we'll check check the copyright. <laughs> Man, that that's I mean, obviously that's heavy and there's a lot we could potentially unpack there. I mean, that's always been I think anybody's biggest fear, you know, in a, in a car wreck, you know, is is the other people. You know, is like whether you hit somebody or there's somebody in your vehicle, you know, it's like if you're the driver, it's it seems like that's um like you're like you know luckily i got hurt the worst you know it's like it's it's weird that we it's natural but it's weird that like i guess it's not weird we have those feelings if it's natural but i guess it would might be weird for you somebody that doesn't really experience (laughs) a lot of empathy and that's the thing is like it's interesting listening to your story and and how you have you know been able to assess you know how you processed you know your you know, you see, like you said, looking back 20 years now on, on your whole faith deconstruction, you know, journey. Um, but it seems like in the small time that I've known you and like listening to how things have impacted you in your life, that you really do have a lot of empathy or that you really do are able to feel greatly for other people. So I'm just, I'm just well. The, the how, truth. The tr- yeah. Go ahead. How, how does how does that how does that yeah, comprehend? So the the way that that happens, uh, typically for most uh, at first, most people that are doctors that diagnose you with mental health issues give you a lot of medication, and then uh, and at some point, I was able to kind of start taking that away again. Um, you know, I tried to talk here with a couple of different people, um, went through some bad relationships for lack of awareness of self um, because it's very hard to be in a, a equal loving balanced marriage if uh, you are not an equal loving balanced person um, and so it's only been since I was diagnosed with the borderline personality disorder which I do believe that I had since around 13 I believe that it showed up at the point that I moved and uh and was at a loss of who no, I Dex, am. And that's where just the Holy be. Spirit. That's not a borderline personality. Oh, okay. That's just when Jesus came in you. And it's the Holy Spirit. He took away my feelings of love. Yes. <laughs> yes, the thought of love did that. <laughs> uh huh. Um, and so once I did get finally diagnosed about three years ago, that really changed things because I wake up every day and I have to choose to be present. I have to choose to feel connection. And, uh, I make those choices every day and every moment that I live in. And so I don't, honestly, I don't have that natural sort of like, this is my life and these are my friends and family and I just love them. I have to make that choice to do it every day. It's not a, it's not an easy, it's not an easy road to hoe as they say. Um, and so you just have to say, what do I want my life to look like? And then try to manifest it as best you can. Yeah, I think that's good. I think that's good. I, um, I, I want to just touch briefly kind of on, um, 
because I know that here in a second we're going to transition into more of like uh, talking about movies and whatnot. Um, but if you had like one takeaway from your life in Christianity um, and the stuff that you've had to deal with since the wreck or even with your, your diagnosis, uh, what is it that you'd want people to know? Like what, what about your life is important for others to see or to know? Um, the, the biggest thing that I feel at this point um, about religion and faith and all of that is that uh, I, I don't look like the, the Jesus kid anymore. I, I literally have the words, no gods tattooed on my neck and an inverted cross on the other side of my neck. I don't look like that person, but the truth is I think faith is a beautiful thing. And I think that if you have it, that should be celebrated and that faith in God or people or whatever is something to be cherished. And we give this really cynical take on humanity on religion, on a lot of different things. Um, and I would really like for people not to do that. I think that um, people that do have faith, although some of them would be described by many people as sheep or saps or you know, following a false idol, whatever it is. Uh, um, I, uh, here's a good example. I have a friend that loves Mickey Mouse. She just loves Mickey Mouse, makes her happy. Guess what? That's no worse than loving Jesus. And the truth is most people that love Jesus are happier loving Jesus than, uh, than she loves Mickey mouse. And I don't think that should be shamed. Um, the one thing I will say is you have to, and the Bible tells you this too. I mean, I'm very well versed in the Bible. Um, you're not supposed to feel guilt. You're not supposed to be taught to feel guilty every day about your choices. Um, you know, granted you're not supposed to walk around sinning and acting like, it's no big deal. But the truth is you're Jesus, God, Holy spirit does not want you to feel guilty about your life and your choices. That is not the message that is written in the Bible. And we can debate all day how legitimate the Bible is, but, <laughs> um, but if that's your, your foundation for faith, stop feeling guilty, you know, love your kids, love your spouse, um, love your neighbor as best you can turn the other cheek. Uh, and then, you know, all those things that they teach, they're not bad ideas. Uh, they've just been manipulated by people to make money. And that's the biggest, biggest downfall of religion is that people started making money off of it. Mm. And so for me, I, if you have faith, I want you to know I'm happy for you. And that I don't think you're an idiot um, for your faith. I may think you're an idiot for a lot of other reasons, but it's not <laughs> because you have faith. So, <laughs> Yeah, that's really good, Dax. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, anybody else have any other questions? Uh, no, I mean, I think that's, I've got to know Dax a lot today. I mean, I would like to know, like, you know, is that your, you know, birth certificate name? What is, what is your name and social security <laughs> number? <laughs> I'll, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll email you that later. <laughs> right on. Right on. You said, you said you're not going to judge people on, you know, I think that was a beautiful way to, to end that, that's part of, you know, the interview and stuff um, that you don't judge people for their faith choices, but um, you do judge people though for their movie choices. Clearly. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah. Absolutely. A hundred percent. And so um, let's, let's go ahead and transition to that part of it. And it seems like um, with 
the wreck being such a pivotal point of your life and how you're still dealing with it now, um, does that impact you to where like, I mean, I, I kind of know this part of your story, but like, that are you working? And if not, what are you doing to fill that time? Um, I have worked in retail management for 15 years. Um, I owned uh, and managed a bar, a, a whiskey bar with my dad for a little bit, um, which was really fun. Um, so I've, I've worked, I've had so many surgeries. Surgeries have kind of put me back on what I'm physically capable of doing and also what I'm physically willing to put myself through every day, every week. Uh, currently, especially through COVID, um, my son needed some extra care. We didn't have the resources to put him in like a full-time daycare while I was working. Uh, currently, I'm living on disability um, for um, from Social Security and uh, just trying to figure out what is next. Um, I'm happy with my life in general. Um, and I'm happy being able to be here for my kid, um, got divorced in 2019. So it's just, just me and him now primarily at home. Uh, so I spend a lot of time, uh, watching movies and TV shows. Um, I'm at 390 brand new movies year to date. Um, I keep a list of everything that I watch how I watch it, where I watch it, what I rank it, uh, all of that. So uh, I do rewatches as well. I've been rewatching TV shows. I'm watching new TV shows actively. I watched a whole sh a whole season of a show just so, so I could tell my mom whether or not she should watch it last week. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I do that a lot. And and the truth is that you asked about like the whole empathy thing. A lot of my understanding of life and myself came from from movies. Uh, and learning things through other people's experiences. So um, movies and all that have really shaped who I am and who I want to be and some of those choices. So is someone on a motorcycle? Yeah, that's uh, that's the way it is over podcasting here. on your motorcycle. <laughs> uh, well, my grandmother used to say that whenever she, you know, farted or somebody farted that's just a mouse on a motorcycle so i think that's chris's way of saying like, you know, passing oh wow off. yeah yeah that's a pretty uh, highbrow high there but uh it, it, so yeah. 390 movies to date uh, for this yeah. for this year alone just this year that, uh, that just this year that is insane and um and and you keep a record as you're watching them and so it's not like you're you're doing it purposefully and which, yeah. which is also pretty pretty cool honestly um and happy to have you as part of movies that molded me like we've recorded a couple episodes now um it seems like you know your recall on a lot of these movies and like the things that are happening you know, behind the scenes with the actors and stuff um just add a whole new dynamic to fade to gray and you know, like maybe some of the things we're doing with bonus material and things as well but uh so clearly like your accident didn't affect like your memory very, very much then if you're a hundred, a hundred percent, it affected my memory. Like cra I have crazy short-term memory issues. Um, I had a T, uh, T traumatic brain injury. Uh, I couldn't even remember the abbreviation of that. Uh, and, uh, 
Yeah, so I, I have real memory issues. If I walk up to someone and they say, hi, my name is Brian. And I by the time I say Dax, I've already forgot Brian. So is and that so, why then you maybe keep the list, do you think? So detailed list because, I, to help you remember? I, I, I think that's a good a good indicator. Also, it's a, a comfort thing for me. I like to know. It's like a marking of time. You know, each month I can tell you how many movies I've watched. Um, it's a measurement of time when... We, we create value in our lives. We create significance in our lives. Whether that be the people that we spend time with, the activities we do, our jobs, our religion, or whatever. Um, when your life gets really small, you have to figure out a way to continue to create that significance. And being someone that isn't uh, as emotionally fulfilled by things and people, I have to create significance in ways that are a little bit more abstract and so for me that's been a really good way to do that is watch a movie rank it rate it make a list make a best of list um uh, uh this will be a a callback later or this will may you know whatever we'll figure it out uh i had, do have two failed movie podcast which uh is uh on my resume for the application for this job yeah that's, that's, uh, that's actually why we wanted you we were like oh wow he has he failed twice yeah. at this so like of course he's gonna be yeah. perfect for us so no um yeah uh so yeah uh, that's that's really the idea is that it's it's creating value within my life if i did it willy-nilly and i got to the end of the year and i watched uh watched say 500 brand new movies and i had no idea which ones they were or how I remembered them or how I felt about them, it could feel really even more empty. And so the fact that I've got all this time and choose to fill it with movies, I kind of have to keep the order in the list or else uh, I potentially I could feel even worse, <laughs> you know, yeah. like it's a real, it's a value structure. Well, yeah. no, I think that's really smart and it definitely makes you uh, a great person to join our movies that molded me team because you like Omar Omar just assumed that you had a great memory because you have such a knowledge a depth of knowledge of movies because I guess of these lists that you make uh, and so you're able to really dive into them in a way that none of us are able to and I think that that's uh, you know, really beneficial for, for the movies that molded me. But what, what I think would be kind of interesting uh, would be to tell really quickly the first time that Dax and I ever hung out, just he and I, uh, Dax invited me to come over to watch a movie. And you invited uh, yourself. Did I? <laughs> yeah. You said, you said, I really want to watch this movie, Requiem for a Dream, everyone is talking about. And uh, I don't know anyone that has it. Do you have it? And I said, I do. And he said, well, maybe I should come over and we could watch it sometime. Oh, okay. And I, I said, I'm, I'm, more, I'm more than happy to have you over. Are you sure this is the movie that you want to be watching? Because I knew him not to be, to be a little uh, thin-skinned as far as uh, exposure goes yeah. to uh you know the the darker things in life. Still very much into religion and church. Um and so I just didn't, I, I'd seen the movie already. I didn't know that he, that he was ready for it. Turns out I was a hundred percent right. Um, you we do, got Chris? to the end of the movie and I, I'm, I'm used to a, a general discussion. Oh, that was really good. I really like the actors. I like this. I, who's that guy? You know, just general. How'd you feel about the movie? 
it ends and it ends in a very traumatic way with you know a heroin addict getting his arm cut off someone going to jail uh, a woman becoming a prostitute seeing a very graphic sex scene in front of a bunch of men it's really hardcore movie it's a lot to handle it ends and it's got this strings this this heavy score of strings very very dramatic it ends and i turn to him like i'm going to say well what'd you think and he stands up looks me in the eye and says thank you for inviting me over and he walks out of my room around my bed walks (laughs) down the hall i hear the door slam and i'm like what just happened (laughs) where it was like two o'clock in the afternoon it was like (laughs) there was plenty of time to continue to hang out uh he only told me uh, years later, like three or four years later, that he walked out the front door, threw up in my front yard, got in his car, and drove home. <laughs> that is one hundred percent accurate. <laughs> I, 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 that, that, I would have, I would, I think the conversation might have helped you uh, calm down. We should have gone, uh, you know, got some, got some tacos or something. Oh, my little man. Christian mind could not handle uh, requiem for <laughs> no. a dream at all. <laughs> It was pretty intense. Yeah. Yeah. At the time I had uh Darinovsky trauma, not religious trauma. <laughs> yeah. Fair. <laughs> sounds like you had sounds like you might have had a demon. I don't know. You have like uh, <laughs> full on exorcism out in the front yard. But uh it seems uh, uh, well, uh Dax so like, Omar. Uh, yes, sir. What, what's up? If you don't uh if you don't pay your exorcist. Do you get repossessed? Ooh. <laughs> that was a Possibly. dad joke. <laughs> that's pretty good. Um, but it, it does definitely is exciting having you on. Um, uh, it's, you know, whole new like excitement. Uh, a lot of talk of like what we're doing uh, to revamp movies that motor me. We're calling it the Dax years. And uh, yeah, <laughs> Elizabeth uh, is calling it the Dax years. Well, I wasn't well, I the first one that, to call it that then, though. Yeah. Omar started. Oh, that. Okay. I'm carrying it on. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's great. <laughs> yes. And um, I, pre- know, I, I appreciate the faith that it'll, it will be going on for years. That's quite, a, <laughs> quite an honor to for years I mean, and job security like that. Even if it's only like five episodes, it's the Dax years. But no, I, I, I think it, I think it will. I think it has some legs. I think there's some real chemistry, and um, you know we're already like I think today. Uh, spoiler: You might see some stuff posted on Facebook later where um, you know we're even creating like fake studios and stuff after ripping off of like classic things. Fake? You Maybe yours is. <laughs> Well, I mean, news. my my fake studio, you know, is going to keep winning in, in in this game that we have <laughs> called movies at Moldemy. Um, but it, Dax, um, just in wrapping, it feels like we're coming like full circle. We're having you back on, you know, uh, being back in Chris's life as as besties again, um, you know. And I, and I, and I, and I, feel, I feel I feel almost it's like like your second chance, you know, like. God brought you back here. This is destiny. I mean, if if this here <laughs> the relationships with the three of us doesn't prove to you that there is a loving God, then I don't know what will. No, I, um, I'm, I'm I'm full of shit. But um, I, I I'm excited to have you. Um, thanks for telling your story. Thanks for being vulnerable. And thanks for uh, you know coming on and you know trying to help Chris win, but it's, it's not it's not it's not gonna work. So, but uh, he's not been successful so far. Well, here's the deal. I, Dax and I actually have, uh, there's a lot of similarities in our, in, in, in our styles and stuff, but there are movies that 
I love that Dax hates and, and vice versa. I, I think we actually aren't as uh, similar in our thought processes about movies as you think. Clearly not with Requiem for a Dream. So, <laughs> Well, I mean, in hindsight, it's a fantastic movie, I, but that's not anything I ever want to see again. <laughs> Whereas Dax has probably seen it a hundred times. Well, he's he not denying it. That's true. He can't remember <laughs> all those parts, though, so it's okay. He can, he can rewatch it. <laughs> so. Oh, so it's been a lot of fun. Thanks, Dax, for telling your story, guys. Uh, stick around. I think we'll end up live back on the Movies That Mold Me feed here uh, shortly, uh, playing religious movies. So as, as kind of a tie-in with listening to Dax's story and the whole Fade to Gray thing with it being a book of our conversations being about religion it just seemed to make sense we haven't done that yet um and i'm actually very excited about this we were supposed to record last week um and last week i wasn't as excited about the religious movies and then i started like kind of looking into it and but I then have, he saw god's not dead too and, and he now was so I'm excited to, I, i'm ready to talk all about it you just wait no i just actually i have a short list of movies but it's a strong list and so i don't know what i'm going to do if people take it because there's like I saw a lot of shit growing up religious movies, but we'll, we'll have to see whether or not I can put them on any list. Um, I guess if you get stick around. So thanks for listening and uh, thanks for keeping it weird. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know only Chris is gonna get that, but uh, keep it weird. <laughs> weird. Weird that you uh, make that joke on our podcast. Yeah. Yeah, anyway. thanks thanks for that. <laughs> anyway. Bye. Bye.